All Flex No Dex is an adult podcast. If you compared us to movie ratings, we'd be rated R. See episode notes for details. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to All Flex No Dex, an actual play D&D podcast. Today, we're back in Epia with our intrepid band of adventurers as they traverse the Valley of the Sunrise in search of the Shards of Tiamat. Uh, with us today, we have Nicole. Hi, everybody. This is Nicole, and I'll be playing Dinsbeach, the gnome mage, today. And we have Hannah. Hi. I'll be playing Zenazeri, which is a dragonborn bloodhunter. And Zach. Hi, everybody. I'm Zach, and I will be playing Dandelion, the Lightfoot Halfling. To start the night off, I want to elaborate on some house rules. In my games, spells can be cast as fast as the time requirement is stated. So, for example, you can cast a spell that has a casting time of one action, then cast a spell with a casting time of a bonus action, regardless if it's a cantrip or if it takes a spell slot. I also do random encounters usually for long trips, like in the last episode, or during rests. So when you hear me ask for a random player to roll a d6, that's what that is for. I match the number rolled with a chart that I made. And now, let's get into tonight's game. Last time in Epia, we met some of the cast and learned about Clan Reeves. Damon, a renowned member of the clan, and the newly appointed leader, Miyamoto, were approached by a mysterious old and jacked man named Apon. They are told about the coming of Tiamat, and how the only way to stop her is by collecting the shards that are needed to summon her. He gives a lead where a possible location of a shard may be, four days ride south, in a blackened mound that was once a halfling's home long ago. The other half of the party rode into camp shortly after, with news of Tiamat as well along with one successful retrieval of the Black Shard of Tiamat. Ippon, being mysterious, disappears, and the party decided to make haste and ride out to this mound to investigate. Meanwhile, Dandy the Havling Bard stays with the clan, so they may look for other leads and keep in touch with, ascend- with Sending Stones. At the end of the fourth day, they find the mound. They immediately find that it is surrounded by a magical aura, divine in nature, and gives the brain pains. After a hard-fought game of dragon chess between Zenazeri and Daemon, Zenazeri casts Divination and learns the quote, What you seek is not inside, but a new path does. Daemon informs Dandy via the Sending Stone of their progress so far, as the party makes camp just outside the area of the brain pain effect. Near a tree so they can tether their mounts, they begin the rest, and Dandy responds, Well, that sucks. And that is where we are now. And um, <laughs> with that reply from Dandy, you guys just hear Damon. He's just like, damn it, Danny. And all of you with your passives notice uh, there is there's one extra pony with all your horses. It wasn't there before. And you begin to hear singing from the other side of the tree. Country gnomes take my bones. To a place they don't belong. That's, uh, you all hear the definitive sound of Dandy Lion 
your halfling compatriot who was supposed to be with the clan. Din's feet will turn around and look that way and say, Dandy? Din's feet? I uh, poke my head around the corner with an equally shocked expression. What, why do you look surprised to be here, Dandy? Because it means you recognized me. Why, why would I not recognize you? It's just, it's good to know that my talents are known just by the hearing my voice. Yeah, um, I'm going to cut in here for a moment. <laughs> I'm going to look directly into Dandy's eyes. Uh, why are you here and not with the clan, Dandy? Well, that's not where the story goes. So I just begin rubbing my temples uh, in the most frustrated way. Dandy, you are a means of contacting the clan. What do you, how are we supposed to do this? I'm sure there's another way. Did you leave them with the Stone of Sending? Well, I have mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess we will figure that out when the time comes. Uh, Oh, I'm still, by by the way, just vigorously rubbing my temples. (laughs) Um, If nothing else, I suppose we can use Zin's divination spell to narrow it down. Uh, Let's just finish this rest. We can investigate the Blackened Mound in the morning. Sounds good. What a wonderful idea. Agreeable. Uh, you guys set up watches. Who wants to take first watch? Dinsbeat would like last watch. Dandy will take the first watch and play a tune for everybody to go to sleep to. Okay, I'll take second watch then. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Damon will take mids. Dibs on to mid watch, of course. Uh, everyone sets up camp and they make sure the horse is all tethered, you eat something. Um, and everyone gets in their their bedrolls and starts to fall asleep. And you're playing a tune? I am. Uh, roll me a performance check. That is a 14. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty decent, pretty decent melody. Uh, tell me what instrument you're using. I will use a pan flute this time. Okay. So you flick your wrist and your uh, magical instrument. Uh, that's all around your wrist will magically transform into a flute at the tip of your fingers. And you bring it to your lips and start playing a very Faye-esque melody that lulls the party to sleep. Danny, when everyone's asleep, do you just continue playing? I play it at a lower tone. Okay. You're so used to playing uh, that you often can find yourself going in inside your own headspace and going to a happy place. Tell me, where are your thoughts drifting off to as you play? My thoughts go off to thinking of how the story has found us so far and wondering what this old jacked man has to do with the story. How did he find us in both places? And where does he go? Uh, These Thoughts continue to plague you throughout your watch, and it goes by a lot faster than you'd expect. Uh, you really dwell on it quite a bit. And uh, before you know it, Damon's awake, and he pats you on the shoulder and nods for you to go ahead and get some rest. Uh, who's taking second watch with Damon? I was. Uh, so you guys post up for your watches. Uh, do, you, do you have dark vision? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say you guys don't light a fire. Um, you don't need it. 
it's almost always perpetually a nice temperature in the Valley of the Sunrise. Uh, the weather is always great here. So uh, it's a nice, cool night. Um, Damien, or Damon will post up against a tree and he's very lost in his thoughts. Uh, he has been for the last couple of days that you guys traveled here. What are you thinking about? I am just thinking about the children from back at camp and I'm just taking out my chest set and just uh, cleaning the pieces, watching the moon because the moon always fascinates me and ponder on new moves I can do on the chessboard as I play myself. Why is it that the children love you so much? How long have you been playing with the children? Like, what's, what is the connection between you and them originally? I was there for a lot of their births and a lot of their, um, some of their parents' deaths or that the ones that have left. And I've always had a deep longing to have children, but I can't have them. So I adopt them and I've just always been a constant in their life. Even though I leave, I always come back. So in the clan then, are you sometimes one of the midwives? Yeah. And some sort of like den mother kind of. All right. And as you gaze at the moon and play with your chess piece and learn from uh, your last match with Damon to make sure that you don't ever lose to him. Your watch comes and goes, and Lost Watch comes about. You guys go and wake Dinsbeat. Nothing happens, and it is Dinsbeat's watch. Uh, Dinsbeat, what are you doing for your watch? Well, Dinsbeat likes to be lazy and not do much. So he's really just going to kind of sit up a little bit from his bedroll and make like a backrest and just kind of chill and look at the stars and the moon and not do a whole lot other than maybe not let the fire go out. Well, the fire, uh, Damon didn't make a fire or keep it stoked throughout the night. Did you want to make another fire? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, do you spend your time studying any of the, your spell scrolls or reading in Damon's book then? Definitely will study the scrolls that I got from the kobolds. You can have some sort of magical light source. It, can you cast light? No, but I do have dark vision. Uh, I'll say with the dark vision and with uh, the moonlight that's out, it's got to hold the page like really close. It's difficult to read it, but you can still pour over the scrolls and uh, study what you can. Not necessarily keeping a good watch, but you're keeping yourself entertained. <laughs> uh, and well, eventually, go ahead. I was just going to say, well, that, that was my goal anyhow. So. Right. Uh, the watch goes by and the sun rises and it is daytime. What is your guys' plan of action? Uh, Zenizari, you know, someone pr should probably stay here to watch the horses. Um, and you have your bounty hunting crew here with Dandy and Dinsby both being here. Uh, it would probably be best if Damon would stay back and you guys go and investigate the the mound uh would you suggest this to damon yeah i would suggest it um come up to damon and be like hey you want to stay behind and watch the horses while me and uh, dandy and densby go explore um 
this brain hurting mound in the ground. Um, yeah, Damon's probably a little put off by it. Uh, this is potentially a dangerous mound after all. Uh, is, I mean, Zin, we, I know the horses are important, but what if, you know, I'm not there to protect you guys. Like I wasn't there to protect master. I, I just, I don't want anything happening anymore to this clan, this family. Put my hand on his shoulder and look at him and be like, how about you stay here and ponder on how you're doing? Cause I know you've been through a lot in the past couple days. And I know these two, this is my crew. I, we can handle it. How about you stay here and refresh yourself? Okay. All right. I understand. Just Zen. be careful and don't do anything rash. Okay. As to you. Uh, you guys start, um, you, well, I'm not going to make your actions for you. Are you going to start moving towards the, the mound? Yeah. So as you guys get closer and closer, um, the you feel like a kind of a, a pressure on your heads and in your brains, uh, kind of like you, you just woke up from sleep, but like you had just fallen asleep and then you woke up. So you're kind of like dazed a little bit, that kind of feeling. And the closer you get, the more pressure it becomes until you're pretty close to it. And it feels like that kind of feeling where you're, you're about to have a headache, but you're not quite there, like right at the precipice. And you're like, mm, that's not good. Uh, getting closer, you see that this mound is a lot bigger than it looked a, a ways back. Um, it's probably about 80 to 90 feet wide, uh, like a di diameter. And when you get closer, there is a door. Uh, it's very old and looks to be made of wood. Is it a big door or is it a little door? It is a big door. Looking at the door, it's probably about six feet wide and eight feet high. So this Good. clearly was not a halfling mound. Um, I guess I'll uh, move to open the door, being happy that there's a door I'll fit through. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of this. Is there any uh, signs on this door? Being, I'm wondering if I can recognize the type of hobbit hole this is, or halfling hole. Roll me a perception check. Since the Zenizari is moving to open it, you don't have time to really investigate. 17. It is, I'll say that you recognize it as halfling quality. Uh, this, this looks like this was worked by Havelings, and there might have been a name. It looks like there might have been a name across the top at some point, but it's so old and worn that you couldn't tell what it used to say. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Zinazeri, you go to open the door, and it unlocks and opens easily. Uh, you guys open it up, and inside, inside there's crates and barrels, um, and there's a mine cart couple of mine carts to one side they're full of iron and gold and, and silver ore and there's some art pieces that are tactfully put up on the walls so they don't look ancient they've been up here you know they've been put up recently and over where all the barrels and crates are there's one large barrel that's been cracked open a very dark scaled dragon has his head inside the barrel and you can hear him rustling around going oh yeah 
Oh, that's the stuff. Oh, God, this shit's so good. And when you open up the door, he pulls his head out and there's saffron all over his muzzle and his face. He goes, huh? What the fuck? Who the fuck is this? And he comes walking up to you guys. Uh, he's large size. He's about the size of a horse. And his head is, is reared up and he's looking at you. Who the fuck? What human I just walk into my den? Strapped into my crib? The fuck do you think you are? I'll take this. Hello, I'm Dandelion. As I roll forward. Dandy? D- what the fuck is a dandy? And he lowers his head down to you and it gets eye to eye level. You don't look like a lion. I am the dandelion. I straighten my vest. Why are you all rolling up in my crib with a child, no less? And he, he gestures with one clawed hand to Dinsby. Strapped like you're coming in here to whack me. What is this? I apologize. Your home seemed to be abandoned. Oh, it's not goddamn abandoned. You surface fuckers all do this? You just walk into people's houses? It happens from time to time. He, he looks to all of you after a, a moment of silence. Kind of, what you all want? We were just wondering why our heads hurt when we camped above your home. But that's because they ain't supposed to be here. That's why. Rolling up to somebody's hood. Why is your hood burnt? Burnt? It ain't burnt. It's always been like this. Hmm. Can I tell uh, how long this place has been, like, does it look like that it's very dusty? Because you said that I could tell that it was of halfling make. The door was it was halfling make. Everything in here with your passives, you can tell since he's a dragon, it's likely he brought this all up here and this is his horde. Okay. Which might uh, indicate why he's so uh, aggressive. <laughs> he just walked into his horde lair. After... Uh, Looking at you guys, kind of shifty-eyed. Uh, he leans back down to you, Dandy, and smiles. Big old toothy dragon smile. And you notice his teeth are all crooked and ugly. He's he's ugly. He goes, I got a, I got a proposition for you. We're here. Y'all want to do a job for me? I think that we might be willing to do a job. As long as it takes us in the way we're already going. Oh, uh, how the hell should I know which way you're going? I look back at the crew. Wait, where are we going? Tell us what you have in mind, and I'll tell you if that's where we're already going. Golzing growl a little bit because I'm agitated. Oh, all right. All right. I'll play a game. Look. Down below, there's this lake. It's under Dark Lake. Way down below. Days. Supposedly, there's a sea monster lurking up and down in there. If you guys go investigate, find out what it is consider my curiosity peaked go check it out i might have something for you is there a any sort of i don't know how often we deal with dragons so is there any code of conduct like where we can make the dragon swear that you know he won't turn on us or there, there isn't a specific no uh, dragons are just like humanoids to where <laughs> they're just as likely to turn on you as the next human hmm. okay uh, but you guys have not encountered this color of dragon you don't know what this dragon's motives are or what they're usually inclined to you can get a fair idea how to treat a dragon by their color of their scales but this one you haven't encountered 
but none of you have done a lot of stuff in the Underdark either. Okay. Do our brains still hurt? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I'll ask him, um, are you purposely making our brains hurt? You, he kind of like puffs his chat up and like gets right face level with you. And mind you, his face and muzzle still covered in saffron. He hasn't bothered wiping it off. You purposely just coming up in my crib, asking a whole bunch of questions? You're asking a big favor of us. I don't feel like I'm going to want to fight something if my brain's going to hurt the whole time and I kind of blow out him to get the saffron off his face. Ah. I don't care. Ah. Ah. Yeah? Is that how y'all going to act? Up in my crib? May offer you a job. We'll trade you a team if y'all weren't so fucking rude. Sir, sir, please. He lowers we, his head to you. What? We were just wondering if you could go ahead and cease the brain pain so we could focus better to help do this job for you. Whatever brain pain y'all talking about ain't nothing to do with me because I don't feel nothing. I feel great. I suppose you do. You look great, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> takes a big sniff and some saffron gets sucked up into his nose. Um, you said you would trade us some sort of shard, you say? Maybe. All right. Well, I suppose that we could work for it. Um, where is this, uh, this cave hole that you would want us to go investigate? All right. All right. Y'all follow me. Close the door behind you. He turns around and starts sauntering dragon-like over to the other side of the, the mound. Okay, I'll close the door. Okay. And you guys all follow? Yeah. Yeah, so he leads you over, and it looks like this used to be, like, separated rooms within the mound. And so he takes you around a corner into another room, and it looks like it was a burrowed-out tunnel that leads down. And he walks up to it, and he goes, you take this tunnel on down, follow it for a couple days, you'll get there. Just keep to the main big tunnel. And are you wanting us just to find out what's living in the lake? Yeah. Okay. How big's the tunnel? Uh, it was. It's big enough for him to easily walk in and travel. So I would say ten feet wide and twelve feet high. But it's also a tunnel, so it probably changes on the way down there. Okay. How would you like to proceed, uh, Dens Beat and Dandy? Binsby's going to address the dragon um, and say, dragon, sir. Ah! I'm it, it talks? He looks to Dandy and Zenizari. I didn't know your children talked. I'm technically an adult. You sure? He lowers uh, his head down to you. Yeah, I'm sure. I get that all the time. Kind of looks nervously to the other two and goes, all right, go ahead. So, Mr. Dragon, sir, uh, I didn't catch your name. I'm Din's Beat. Oh, oh, we're giving names, huh? All right. My name, and he puffs his chest up proudly and leans back. I am Golem the Feared. Uh, shout out to Namo plays D&D at twitter.com for giving us that name. And what are your names? Dandy uh, gives a happy little clap. At hearing such a wonderful name. My, that is, I love the name. Perfect for the story. You already know me. I am the dandelion. And I give a nice bow. I uh, stand up straight and 
flare my nostrils and put my head up a little bit and I'm like, I'm Zenazari. And then I look away. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, I, I, nice to meet you all, I guess. Hey, you guys taking the job or what? Yes. Mr. Gollum. He lowers his head to you. If we find something in the lake, is there something you'd like us to do or just come back and tell you? I just want to know what's down there. Okay. So not necessarily wanting us to eradicate something or... Nah. You know, I, I get that you're probably super busy and just can't take care of this yourself, but is there any particular reason why you haven't investigated on your own? As you're talking, he kind of takes a pod hand <laughs> and rubs his face. Saffron kind of just falls over the place and shoves a couple of extra kernels of saffron up his nose. <laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you say? Dinsbeek kind of just nods a little bit <laughs> and uh, says, so is, is there any particular reason other than being super busy that uh, you haven't wanted to explore this lake on your own? Mm, no. I, I mean, I've been, I have my, uh, what's what the word? Entrepreneurships? I think that's what people use. Uh, I'm a little rough on the surface common. But I am a busy dragon. Okay, little people's child thing. They're adults. They come in even smaller sizes. You'll be surprised. I am already surprised. That is bananas. I know, it took me a while to get used to it. I'm assuming you lead them, right? That little one that claims he's a lion, he, he claimed, he walked up like he was the leader. More like a democracy? The, the what? We make decisions on a vote. Well, that's just dumb. You're the biggest. I may be the biggest, but them have spells that can hurt. He looks back to Dinsbeat and leans down and goes, uh, if you say so. All right, if y'all gonna go, go. I, I got a thing I gotta go do. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll see you later. <laughs> kind of wave at him and start walking down the tunnel. You can see he's, he's looking at you guys, but he's also kind of like looking at the corner of his eye back to the barrels. Judge uh, uh, Dandy and I'm like, you should show him you can make instruments come out of nothing. <laughs> he but seems like he's very busy. Let's just get going. Mr. Gollum, ah. it, it would help my story greatly if I knew just one thing, but what type of dragon are you? I, I don't get to meet such beautiful kinds. Oh, we are known as deep dragons from what I understand. Ah, deep dragons. All right, well, thank you. And I uh, flick out a uh, violin and give a wink to uh, Zenazari and begin fiddling as I walk down the tunnel. Uh, that holds his uh, attention. He was just going to turn and immediately go back to the barrels, but you start playing that from producing a magical item, and he watches you guys leave, listens to you play for a while, until you guys are effectively out of sight and follow the tunnel down and around a corner and kind of snaking on down. The tunnel isn't a sheer drop, uh, it, but it, it does noticeably decline for a long ways. So does this look like it's going to be a pretty long walk? 
Yes. And how tall is the ceiling? Uh, at, at this time, it is uh, 12 feet high. Okay. Hey, Zenazari. Yes, would you like me to hold you? Can I hit you right on your shoulder? Yes, you may. And I'll, um, uh, Zenazari will lean over so that um, Den's beat can get up. I'll just climb Zen like a tree. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so you guys start moseying on down. What's the marching order going down this tunnel? Um, I think I'd want uh, Dandy just walking in front of me just so I can see him so I don't have to turn around. And then it'll be me. And since she's on my shoulder. Okay. Uh, Dandy will produce dancing lights to go out in front of us too, to light our way. How long does that last? Uh, concentration up to one minute, but I can do it at will. Okay. So yeah, yeah, you just keep dancing lights out in front of you. Uh, how far out front do you do it? It says that I can, oh, that's the wrong spell. Click. Uh, I create four torch-sized lights within 120 feet. Okay. I have uh, four of them going out. So as you guys are going, um, Zach, roll me a D6. Two. You guys are traveling along for a couple of hours, um, and you do start eventually passing like other side tunnels, all of varying sizes, some like little pinholes. Others are uh, humanoid size, like five feet tall and about two or three feet wide, just, just big enough for somebody to get through. And there are some other tunnels that are significantly bigger, um, but there's a lot of tunnels that branch off. And after a couple hours of travel, everyone go ahead and roll perception checks. Let's say you're all on edge being down here. I was actually going to ask, how is uh, the acoustics in this tunnel? You guys notice with your passives, it's just walking seems to echo and magnify down the tunnels. It is like eerily quiet down here. And if you, if you don't have dark vision, the light from uh, your dancing lights is the only light source. So that's all you can see. I have dark vision and I got an 18 for perception. It has dark vision and, but it seems like something is really distracting him. Maybe he's nodding off because he's not walking, but uh, he only got a six. <laughs> Dandy's thinking on whether or not he should play music in these tunnels for the great acoustics he got an eight for his perception <laughs> uh dandy the acoustics in here would be amazing what's your intelligence 16 <laughs> or it wouldn't be your intelligence what's your wisdom 10 perfect 10 10's about average yeah that'd be it'd be really good um this is this is like a kind of setup where if you had something stationary and you'd build it, you'd build it in a kind of like a cone shape. So the music would project out and it would really like having a smaller kind of tube like thing, like, like where you're walking down would really project the sound outwards as it sound loud and amazing. You're sure of it. Dandy is fighting the urge because he knows he has to be quiet. <laughs> um, Zenazari, you notice there is a humanoid uh, the guys, like right at the edge of the dancing lights, there's something that moved. As soon as I notice it move, I will um, immediately stop and uh, say, um, 
there's something ahead of us. And I'll say it kind of quiet, but it'll probably still echo. Uh, do you try to whisper so it doesn't go on? I try to. Oh, and try to stop Dan- or Dandy too if he can't hear me. Okay, so roll a stealth check. Math, skills. 21. Uh, so you, you whisper it. Dandy, you hear it. I, uh, I go ahead and I stop. Everyone stops. There's just silence. You don't see any movement ahead. How far away is it that I saw it move? You saw it at the edge of the dancing lights. So how far out did you have the lights, Zach? 120 feet. A max distance? Yeah. Yeah, so 120 feet. There's four of them uh, periodically between us. Okay. Um, then I'll just start walking forward and uh, make sure that both Dandy and Densby are alert and just kind of like slowly walk forward. Hang on, Zen. Stop for a sec. Densby hurriedly climbs down Zen. <laughs> Sensing that there might be a fight coming, he doesn't want to be in the way of a large weapon. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Let me get down. <laughs> Grace, Grace, Gray climbs down the large dragon board. <laughs> okay, once she's down, I'll uh, start walking and I'll try to like walk ahead of them. Okay. Does Zach, does the dancing lights move with you or is it just stationary every time you cast it? I believe they move with me. Because I can put them on something too. When they move, do you control them, like as like a bonus action or something, and you can will it to move around? As a bonus action, I can uh, move the lights up to sixty feet to a new spot within range. Okay, so are you doing that, or are you keeping it there while you guys approach the light? Um, I'll continue to move it. <laughs> you continue to move it, and for a moment, you see this haggard and dark-skinned. It looks like a gnome, but it's only for a moment. He's holding this massive great axe. Uh, the light shines on him. And he looks surprised. Ah! Ah! And his skitters scoots back up out of the light. And you can hear his footsteps now, and he's actively trying to stay out of the light. Does anybody speak gnome? Uh, why, yes. That is the language I speak. Because I am a gnome. So I'll, I'll call out to him. Wait. Wait. Hold on. Are you Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Where are you? Uh, I'm a gnome and also a wizard. Sounds like there's more than just one. Yes, my companions are with me. Dandelion and Zenazari. There's a pause. Then he says, drop this devil light. Oh, you don't like the light. Okay, uh, I'll turn around and ask Dandy to drop the dancing lights. I'll uh I'll turn off the one that's closest to him so that way he can come a little bit closer. Uh when you drop it, those with dark vision, um, you guys get a little bit closer to each other. You can make it out. And he looks like this this haggard, uh, like I said, a uh very dark skinned gnome. Um you can't tell what color his skin is because of dark vision, but it's very dark. You'd think being underground, if he lives down here, his skin would be paler, but it's not. And he has, he does have a full sack, like an adventurer sack, and a very, well, looks to be like a shiny bag that hangs off of his hip, and a couple of javelins on his back, along with the great axe that he's holding. And he's holding it out, like he's ready to fight. 
Um, Dinfeet is going to look at him and kind of put his hands up imploringly and be like, whoa, whoa, we're not, we're not here to cause you any trouble. Uh, my name's Dinfeet and we were sent here, sent down here by Gollum the dragon who's, you know, up in the beginning of the tunnel. He didn't tell us anybody else was going to be down here. You see, he kind of glowers at you. Did he send you to kill me? Uh, no. Not unless you're what's been living in the lake. Oh, I don't know, no, no, like, I don't know, no, nothing about no lake. He just sent us down here to investigate the lake. Uh, you're not working with him? Flazenzo works with no one. Flazenzo the one shoe works with Flazenzo alone. Uh, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to Jonathan Black for that name, and the character in general. Flazenzo doesn't get along very well with others. Flazenzo, okay. So, um, so Gollum doesn't know you're here then. Flazenzo doesn't know who Gollum is. The deep dragon at the beginning of this tunnel? Flazenzo has never been done this way. Oh, okay. So there must be other entrances, I guess. Like I said, there are numerous tunnels that you guys had passed earlier. It's mm -hmm. a safe bet that there are more tunnels elsewhere. So, Flazenzo, what are uh, what are you up to down here? Flazenzo's wandering. Flazenzo doesn't know where he is. Oh, are you going to be okay? <laughs> His, his expression softens a little bit. Flazenzo is so lonely. <laughs> well, that really stinks. I'm sorry you're feeling lonely. Maybe uh, you'd like to hear a song from Dandy? He's a bard. He sings really well. What is a Dandy? Uh, come here a little bit closer, Dandy, but leave your lights behind you. Dandy goes ahead and steps forward. I'm assuming in Gnomish, it's kind of like in other languages uh, where we can still he hear the names. You can hear the names. Uh, something that I should note too, uh, Dinsby, his dialect is very rough. Uh, think like, like we're on the West Coast. Our English dialect would be significantly different than people down South over on the East Coast. It's like that. But there's a different dialect difference. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, am I thinking like deep gnome? Likely. You've, you've heard of gnomes that specifically live in the Underdark, but you've never met one. This is probably a deep gnome. Okay. Because I myself is a, am a rock gnome. It's different than that. Yes. Okay. So I'll give them a little rundown of my conversation so far in a nutshell and I'll ask Dandy if he can sing like an upbeat song because Flazenzo is feeling pretty lonely. And you're saying this all in, in common to your party? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you address Dandy, uh, he says, uh, Flazenzo is cautious. What are you saying? You make Flazenzo worried. I have to speak in common to my friends. They don't understand our language. You, you can see his, his knuckles are getting uh, a little white. He's like overly gripping the great axe looks tense it's okay um, we're not here to hurt you i promise and dinsby's gonna turn on his like little childlike charm and 
and make it to himself seem non-threatening. Uh, roll a persuasion check. Persuasion. Let's see how that goes. Twelve. The DC is pretty low. Um, he hasn't seen a child in a very long time, and you're adorable. So he he does relax a little bit because you know uh, what can a child do to you? Good, good. So dandy, song, upbeat, maybe. Is that a good? Yeah. If he's down here, there's other things that will be, though, and they will know where we are because the song will be louder than our footsteps. Oh, so I might have an audience. Wonderful. As you guys are uh, saying this, you see he holds a great axe in one hand and he reaches into a bag and he pulls out this mug and it must have not had anything because there isn't anything spilling out. It's, it's sideways as he pulls it out of his bag and he brings it up to his, his lips and just starts drinking as he's watching you from the side of his, like uh, the corner of his eyes, drinking and watching you. What would be a good instrument, do I feel like, to play in the caves? Because <laughs> I have an idea, but I don't know how he'd react to it. Uh, drums would echo pretty well down here. Something like a violin would probably cause too much of an echoey effect and be more haunting than pleasant. Okay. The lute might work pretty well. Okay. Uh, I'll play the lute then. And flick out my uh, any, any string and uh, play a small tune. Roll me a performance check. That is a 15. You start to uh, bang out uh, a good melody. Uh, it echoes and it sounds amazing in here. Uh, I'm going to say the whole party realizes, though, that this noise is going to be echoing for miles down here in every direction. He seems kind of lulled by it. As he's drinking, like he finishes his mug and he's like, he's getting into it. And then his eyes go wide and he looks around and it's kind of like panicked. He goes, silence it, child, silence it. (laughs) I'll I'll grab Dandy. And kind of like put my entire hand on his face because I'm assuming it would cover his whole face and just be like, shush. Because <laughs> Zenazara, you don't understand him. Are you doing it because I'm... you're aware of the danger as well? Yeah, I warned him not to do it. And it took me a second to register that he was doing it. <laughs> so, Dandy, uh, Zenazara's massive hand just covers your entire face. And you hear, shush. <laughs> <laughs> after, after I hear him like struggle, I like, move my hand and I'm like do you not realize we're in a tunnel <laughs> do you realize how large your hands are my goodness he says to you Dinsby um, Flazenzo is starving do you trade uh, yeah we trade he sits down and he crosses his legs and he, he beckons you over sit with Flazenzo I'll um, sit down next to him in sort of a uh, to the side of him, like we're gonna make a circle. Dandy and Zinazari, do you also? Mm-hmm. Barely make him out, but yeah, I'll sit down too. Uh, as you guys approach, he goes, "Not them!" And he holds up his great axe. <laughs> <laughs> but they're my friends. But the little one is ugly, and the other one is huge, like a dragon. Dandy's feelings are hurt, even though he uh, doesn't understand the words. <laughs> the closest thing to cutting words that someone could do without being a bard. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm still walking over because I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> Just so you know. 
Do you address this, Dinsbeat? Dinsbeat is translating everything at this point. Okay. I will stop and just walk away, I guess. Or stay. He seems to be fine where you're at now. He just he just doesn't want you super close next to him, like melee range. He's fine with the child being near him. All right. Uh, he pulls out uh, a, two bags. <laughs> he looks at you, Dinsby, and says, Flazenzo's happy to have someone talk to. Flazenzo has been very alone. No one stays near Flazenzo. Not since Flazenzo killed somebody with his other shoe by accident. And he says it kind of muttering off like he wanted to say it, but didn't really want to draw attention to the fact that he killed somebody with his shoe. Dinsbeat tries not to react and he wants to like make friends with this gnome. So he's gonna let kind of lay his hand on his arm very gently and be like, wow, that sounds like it must be really hard for you. He, as soon as you touch him, you can feel his entire body tense and flex. Ha! Yes. Hard for Flazenzo. Flazenzo will survive. And he brings out one bag that's covered in like gems and jewels. And then the other bag is a little less ornate. And that's when he pulled his mug from. And he, he lays it out and uh, he's willing to trade. He has a javelin of lightning, a javelin plus one. He has a drift globe, a bag of holding he's willing to trade. And a bag that he calls a bag of safe places. Can he tell me anything more about the bag of safe places? Flazenzo doesn't like the bag of safe places. The bag of safe places is confusing. What does it do? Bag of safe places works like this bag. And he holds up the bag of holding. And he says, but you never pull out what you actually want out of the bag of safe places. What happens when you pull something out? Sometimes you pull good stuff out. Sometimes you pull out what you want. Sometimes it's bad. Oh, goodness. What, what type of bad? Last time, Flazenzo pulled out an angry bird and it pecked him. Flazenzo <laughs> did not like that. <laughs> oh, no. That must have been very frightening for you and the bird. It was very upsetting. <laughs> As you guys look at what he has and look at your guys' inventory to see what food or water you could offer to trade him, That's where we'll end tonight's episode. Thank you for staying tuned and listening to episode two. We appreciate every single one of you for sticking around to the end of the episode. Seriously, it fills my heart with so much joy. Uh, Please follow us on all of our various social media sites uh, with the handle allflexnodex. Rate us, review us, and stay tuned for the next epi that comes out February 2nd. Players tonight were Damon Reeves, played by the one and only Kyla Chad Walworth. My god, he's cool. Oh wait, that's me. Dinsby, played by Nicole. We have Zinazeri by Hannah. Dandelion is the one and only Zachary Spangler, and our DM running the show so smoothly is Tony Spangler. Once again, thank you for showing up until the end of the episode. We appreciate every last one of you. Till next time.